Hi, and welcome to another episode of the MedTech Matters podcast, where we learn about someone impacting the medical device industry. I'm Sean Fenske, Editor-in-Chief of MPO and host of the podcast. Today, we're speaking with Ken Miller, CEO of BioVentrix. Ken, thanks for joining us. How are you doing today? Yeah, hello, Sean. Uh, doing very well. Uh, and thank you for the opportunity to join you. Great. Happy to have you. Um, so let's let's get right into it. Uh, you know, let's start with an introduction of uh, to your company and and the live therapy system. Uh, can you tell us a little bit of, about what that is and the, the treatment it offers? Sure, sure. So you know. <laughs> Everyone uh, goes through life and, uh, you know, doesn't always stay as healthy as they would like. And certainly one uh, area that can happen very unexpectedly is a heart attack. I don't think we have in our Outlook calendar uh, that we're planning a heart attack any uh, one day of the week, and it usually comes on uh, without any knowledge that that it's going to happen. When somebody has a heart attack, uh, the key thing for them is to get to the hospital as quickly as they possibly can. The problem with that is, number one, they don't always know they're having a heart attack. And number two, even if they do know they're having a heart attack and get to the hospital on time, they go and they get what's called stented. Stents Mm -hmm. don't always work. And so BioVentrix treats those patients who are having a heart attack, who do not get to the hospital on time, and those who do get to the hospital on time get stented but as a result, the stent doesn't work. Both scenarios result in the heart not getting enough blood that is being pumped to it due to the occlusion in the blood vessel. Mm -hmm. Uh, Occlusions are bad because they cause a scar on the heart. Scarred hearts are really bad because a scarred heart, uh, what happens with a scarred heart is the heart will enlarge. You say, well, you know, why would a heart enlarge? Well, The body is amazing in that that scar is not contributing to your heart muscle pumping blood to the rest of your body. When that really happens and it's a significant scar, the person dies. They don't make it to the hospital. But we have gotten so good around the world of patients being aware that they're having a heart attack that, as you know, many patients do get to the hospital and they do get stented. The problem with that is that while patients are surviving, they're surviving with what's called heart failure. And here's the reason. I just said a scar does not contribute to the heart muscle pumping blood to the body, so the body amazingly enlarges. The scar, the heart enlarges. Mm -hmm. So as that heart is larger, that enables enough blood to get to the rest of the body. That's real good in the short term. It keeps you alive. In the longer term, big hearts are bad. And big hearts are bad, and the best analogy I think that we could talk about is you and I can squeeze a tennis ball for a long time. I don't think we get too tired. If we squeeze a soccer ball for a little while, we're going to get tired. That's exactly what's happening here. The heart that is pumping this blood now to the body is enlarged, It's getting tired over time, and that's what heart failure is. And so what Bioventrix does is utilizing a minimally invasive transcatheter method. It excludes that scar that is in that ventricle and brings the heart back to its normal shape and size. If you just think about it, it's physics, because if you're making something smaller, 
and something is squeezing, it's got to pump more blood out, right? And that's what we're doing. It's actually a very simple concept that is currently very successfully being utilized around the world in order to help these heart failure patients. Well, that's, that's fantastic. I mean, it certainly sounds like a unique, a unique approach, and I guess uh, that was why the FDA had granted you uh, your technology, your system, a breakthrough device designation. Can you, can you speak a little bit to that process and what that application was like? Sure. So, you know, I just described, you know, none of us plan on having heart attacks, that's for sure, but when, when you do, you want to get to the hospital as fast as you can. You may or may not get there on time, and even if you do, uh, the stent that you get may or may not work. So um, ischemic heart disease, which ischemic means, you know, a scar is on your heart. Ischemic heart disease is right now the number one cause of death in the world. The problem with ischemic heart disease is that the first thing that the doctor does after you have a stent placed, and the doctor who did the stent, you'll never see him again. He's, he's at your hospital, right? And so after you recover from your heart attack, you get sent home to your neighborhood cardiologist. Your neighborhood cardiologist just puts you on drugs, typically ACE inhibitors and beta blockers. Mm-hmm. Drugs, as is typical, does not heal the root cause of your disease. The root cause of your heart failure problem is that scar. That's all drugs are doing are masking symptoms. And ultimately, and I don't know if you know any heart failure patients, I happen to, uh, I'm actually married to one, you go Mm -hmm. through life and you just generally decompensate or decline in health. The reason is your heart's getting tired. And, you know, these patients frequently get to the point where they can't even get out of bed, can't get up to let their dog out. I mean, we have, we have various videos on, on our website of the patients we, we have helped. So ischemic heart disease being the number one cause of death in the world, it's also one of the number one causes of death in the United States. Quite frankly, drugs do not address this problem. It just minimizes symptoms, but the patient's going to continue to deteriorate, to deteriorate over time. By the way, just as an aside, a classic patient that your listeners may relate to would be Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney, right, had heart attacks, had a scar in his heart, decompensated over time, was put ultimately on a ventricular assist device, and, you know, just continued to decline, you know, could could function, but continued to decline, and ultimately ended up with, with, uh, you know, with a transplant. Had we been around to help him, we could have likely helped his life a whole lot more and avoided that ventricular assist device as well as uh, the transplant that he had to go through. So, you know, the FDA recognizes as a result of this being a massive problem, um, it is actually the number one uh, reimbursed area in the United States. Uh, These patients, and, you know, I don't want to call patients these, but we call in the industry frequent flyers. They go in and out of the hospital constantly. And so, you know, quite frankly, our governments and various governments around the world have recognized heart failure as being a massive problem without, uh, you know, again, drugs aren't going to solve the problem. They mimic it. They only send the patient back to the hospital longer over a period of time. Since there is really no other therapy to, uh, to address this, the FDA granted us what is known as breakthrough device designation status. Not a lot of companies get this. It was something that we had to apply for. 
Um, we have continued to have uh, talks and have a good, you know, we think a pretty good relationship with the FDA going through this. And as a result of getting granted breakthrough device designation status, we are placed at the top of the pile for any interactions with FDA, meaning we have the highest priority because the FDA views us as treating a life-threatening disease. I think I said very, very few companies get this designation. And the reason why companies get this designation is the FDA has been presented with what they would view as convincing data and rationale to grant this. In other words, when we complete our IDE or FDA trial in the United States, which should be in a few months, that this grant of breakthrough device designation, again, puts you at the top of the pile and, um, you know, certainly should get us approval. Can't be sure, but, you know, we think it will. We are a superior alternative because drugs, they don't do anything to treat the root cause, nothing, right. zero. They just treat symptoms. And so the FDA granted us that. And, you know, as I said, we're one of very few companies that, that get granted that. And uh, in addition, just actually uh, four weeks ago, <laughs> this was actually a ver some very nice news for Bioventrix. It also guarantees you uh, four years of uh, centers of Medicare and Medicaid services, CMS reimbursement for a period of four years. That's how important this device is, is viewed uh, within the FDA's world uh, in going forward. So, so let me let me pause on BDP for a minute um, and and get to one of the details of the of the treatment. Um, how soon after? So the person suffers a heart attack. They they go to the hospital. Perhaps a stent is placed. Um, it's not working. What is the timeline from heart attack until they are uh, uh, using your therapy system? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. Um, the patient has a heart attack. The doctor will usually put him on drugs. Generally, you know, the, the, the doctor will treat him with, you know, something that's more like surgery. I mean, we're a minimally invasive approach. But it generally will take a few months until the doctor will make that decision. For obvious reasons, mm -hmm. want to see how the patient's going to do. Now, so three months is typically uh, the time that that uh, that needs to go by. Interestingly, our doctors, our customers are already beginning to treat patients sooner because we've had such great outcomes for their patients, and they're saying, you know, I got these patients on these ACE inhibitors and beta blockers. I know that they have this scar. I know that they're going to worsen. So why let them get sicker? Because many of these patients end up with comorbidities such as kidney failure, um, you, know, you know, diabetes, all, all kinds of comorbidities that add to their illness. So let's take care of this root cause problem sooner, which we are beginning to see. And so, you know, the, the, the direct question to your answer is generally three months or greater. We have treated patients that have been out years, but our doctors are telling us that, you know, these patients aren't going to get better let's treat them sooner, they're going to do better, because you know what? We know big hearts are bad. We know that. No question about it. So let's get right. that heart back to its normal shape and size. I'll just add both are important, shape and size. Bioventrix addresses both of those uh, with its minimally invasive technique. And, and there's also another benefit that, that you haven't mentioned or that hasn't been brought up, and that is the fact that, you know, if, if many of these patients who make it 
to the point where they require a transplant, you know, it's not just as, as you're certainly, I'm sure, well aware, just because you're, you're, uh, you need a transplant doesn't mean you're going to get one. I mean, there's, there's a limited number of organs out there. So you're not only addressing uh, a better, you're, you're not only providing a better treatment modality, but you're also addressing the organ issue with, you know, organ transplants and the lack of, of donors. Um, so it's, it's really addressing that as well. No, that's right. That's right. We're, we're treating patients before they get to the transplant, you know, point of their, point of their disease. It's, it's really the continuum of care. So if you were to just, you know, picture a line drawn from left to right, you know, we are treating patients more towards the right as they approach something called a ventricular assist device or transplant, but it's well in there and the doctor's interest to treat well ahead of that. Because again, mm-hmm. we know these patients are going to, to continue to decompensate. And having a ventricular assist device, which you know, I always say I would never want one, you know, you're tethered to a device for the rest of your life, you just took your last shower, you know, all those things that you don't want. Bob Entrick, you, you don't have any of that. You have a, you know, a minimally invasive technology procedure, a transcatheter procedure. Um, you know, I just, and a quick anecdote. Two weeks ago, we had a patient, first case done at this site in the United States. Patient was treated on a Tuesday afternoon, was home on Friday. Wow. Yeah, that's what I said. Wow. You know, and um, just fantastic. And these patients generally do very, very well. That's a so big difference. These, pa- these so patients have major changes in their life, you know, very, uh, you know, heartwarming stories going back to work, um, you know, just turning back to very, very normal lives. So not only has this been good for, you know, shareholders and, you know, the, the thing we do in business is to make money, but I've been at cases, have met many of these patients prior to, go to them being treated, have met their families, and so we're a business also that are truly saving lives. Many of these patients... Had we not treated them, they would have been dead six months later, and I'm not dramatizing it. It's the truth. And they've yeah, gone no. back to a, to a you know, somewhat normal life. Some have gone from having heart failure, you know, heart failure symptoms where there's one on our, you know, again, I invite you to go to our website. There's a lady on our website that couldn't get up to let her dog out. She's now swimming. Wow. Yeah. And that, and that's and that's that's what you want the goal to be. You don't want to you don't want to just treat you know a, a problem. You want to you want to truly make you know make an improvement uh, in in how they are living. You know, it, to just exist isn't isn't you know a value to to many people, but to to truly get an improvement, um, you know that that's a real that's a that should be the gold standard. Well, that's right. And just always go back to. We are treating the root cause, the scar. And I don't care what heart attack you have, no matter, every heart attack will result in a scar. It's just a question of how large that scar is. Large scars are bad and will cause significant um, you know, increase in, in the size of the ventricle. That's where our patients are. So. You know, just overall, of the 1.4, now, you know, believe it or not, there's, you know, this has just continued to increase. Um, you know, a, a year and a half ago, we, we had about a little over a million heart attacks in the United States. This 2020, 1.4 million. I mean, it's an unbelievable increase. Now, you know, I'm assuming it's due to the baby boomer generation and, you know, all the baby boomers who are aging. So heart 
disease and heart failure has continued to increase. We can't treat every person that has a heart attack because, as I just said, um, you know, we treat those patients that have a larger scar. Smaller scars, you know, your heart will enlarge, but you can get along with life. Of that million four patient, uh, patients who have a heart attack, we're treating about, uh, our, you know, our opportunity just in the United States alone is about 260,000 of those. So, you know, a little over a quarter uh, of those patients who have heart attacks uh, we can treat, but these are the patients who, you know, and doctors say this all the time, it's so wonderful that stents got invented. It's so wonderful that patients are getting to the hospital on time. The problem is we're creating a world of heart failure patients. That's a problem, and that's what Bioventrix is addressing. Right, right. Yeah, it's, it's uh, certainly it seems like a, a, a great venture. Um, what is the uh, – now, you, you know, you have the BDP designation. Are you still going through the FDA regulatory review, or are you, have you gotten clearance or approval? Yeah, no, we do not have clearance yet. We are finalizing our trial. Um, we anticipate being that, that we're about a little over a third of the way done. We're, we anticipate being completed with enrollment by May of this year, so just a few months away. Um, the FDA is requiring one year of follow-up. And, you know, just, just as an aside, uh, with this trial, there's nothing that we are doing that we have not already achieved in Europe. So we do have regulatory approval and a CE mark in Europe. There are no new endpoints that the FDA is requiring us to do, so we're quite confident um, of success. Uh, with one year of follow-up, we're anticipating being able to commercialize the product in the United States in about a year from this summer or, you know, summertime of 2022. And, and should have a, a healthy uh, uh, patient base when that, when that happens. For sure. <laughs> uh, Healthy in numbers, uh, not not necessarily healthy. Uh, certainly in need of your of your device. No, that's right. That's right. And you know, some of the centers we're in now. I mean, just again, just real quick, a patient's being treated as we speak at the Cleveland Clinic. You know, not mm -hmm. exactly a small institution. So they have embraced our technology and are are, are very active. Um, you know, in New York City, Cornell, and you know, Pennsylvania, Penn State, and. Um, yeah, you know, just some major centers have looked at this and are embracing it and are doing cases uh, and being part of the overall trial. Uh, we're very excited about that uh, as well because these key centers, uh, you know, will cause adoption to happen later. You know, the, the, the amazing thing for, you know, a smaller company like Bioventrix is we know it works. We know it lasts, right? We have patients that we've been, you know, we can track for years. Our challenge as a business is people need to know about us, which is why this podcast, I, I, I appreciate itself. So just, you know, general awareness, and then from that, as, as, as we have great case outcomes from that awareness, doctors mm -hmm. will refer their patients to the centers uh, to be treated, and that's ultimately where our business is right now. Well, great. Well, well best of luck, and, uh, and you know, you'll have to, you have to uh, let us know when the approval uh, does happen and and give us give us an update. Would love to um, do that. But in, until then, unfortunately, that is all the time we have for this episode of MedTech Matters. Uh, like to certainly thank my guest Ken Miller, CEO of Bioventrix, for telling us about his his uh, live therapy system. And uh, as always, would like to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in. So until next time, this has been Sean Fensky, editor in chief of MPO, saying thanks for listening. <laughs>